Hello and welcome to the Three Musketeers podcast. Introducing the brothers behind it, Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Join them on their journey as they discuss unconventional topics from different perspectives. Real experience with key speakers around the world. Welcome back to another episode with Three Musketeers uh, production, podcast. Myself, Hamid, and Hessam again, as always. Um, today, we are joined with Martina Witter, who is accredited cognitive behavior therapist who delivers proven transformational evidence based on psychotherapy. I'm not going to lie. I just read that because it's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot of big words. There's there. a lot of big words. In. So without me um, not doing it justice, I'm just going to hand over to Martina uh, because she can explain a lot better uh, <laughs> about what that means, but also, you know, about, you know, who you are, Martina, and your experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. It's great to be here um, with your listeners. So as um, Hamad shared, I'm Martina. I'm a northerner based in Manchester and I'm a cognitive behaviour therapist. And essentially what that means or what, what that involves is me working with young people and adults who are struggling with their well-being, struggling with stress, anxiety, low mood, which I know a lot of people are facing in the midst of this pandemic. So I also help organisations help to improve the performance and productivity of their employees because we know that at least 50% of employees struggle with their mental health. So it has quite a a huge impact on individuals and organisations and it affects the economy Mm. significantly. I also deliver transformational dynamic training, looking at resilience, improving wellbeing, mental health awareness and emotional intelligence. I'm also a podcast host of Rivers to Resilience and I'm an author of a book which is called Resilience in the Workplace from Surviving to Thriving in the Workplace in Business as an Entrepreneur. So that's just a bit of a, a bit of an overview in terms of who I am and what I do. Uh, exactly what I said I cannot didn't do it justice mine was just two words so you know Mart- I think <laughs> I missed out you know, Martina was, was I knew she was an author so I, I wanted Martina to say the book. I think you've highlighted a few stuff in there and I kind of want to I guess break it down. You mentioned uh, resilience in there, and you mentioned mental health or well-being. Right now, we're in the middle of a uh, you know a pandemic with COVID. It has last year, um, mm-hmm. and still ongoing. People impacted in different ways, and I guess today, what we want to unpick from you know your years of experience is the importance of resilience, but also how we can incorporate that in our day-to-day life to utilize it, uh, make better use of it, and apply it on daily basis. That's kind of the crux of what we want to uncover. And we'll tap into some other expertise that Martina has. Without going into too much of resilience, let's just start from the basic. So Martina, if some people say resilience and psychological resilience, what does that actually entail from your perspective? Yeah. So psychological resilience or personal resilience, that's when someone is able to adapt and to recover in the midst of um, a crisis or adversity. And also it's about being able to grow and learn during that process. So two individuals could be in, why not use COVID? So two individuals could be, you know, in the midst of this storm, COVID, but because of maybe differing resources, 
differing mindsets, that would have an impact on their ability to navigate through it. So at the end of COVID, their kind of mindset and, and psychological robustness would be very different. What I always like to use metaphors in my training and in therapy. So one thing that you can consider when you think about is resilience is maybe think about an elastic band or a mm-hmm. resistance band and imagine that that is an individual and, you know, the pressures of life, the stress of life, of COVID, of work, of family, of, you know, children, all of that is having an impact on you. And resilience is your ability to withstand those pressures. So some people would be able to to bounce back and grow and learn. Some people may actually retreat because yeah. they're struggling to navigate through those, through that that path ultimately. And then other individuals may just stagnate. But our, our psychological robustness, our resources, our personality and historical experiences, all of those factors have an impact upon how we how we respond to resilience. So I think that's a perfect example to probably just dive into it from my perspective. So those two people that you, you just mentioned, one coping okay, one coming out the other side, you know, okay, one not so okay. Mm-hmm. How would you, what would be the basic breakdown when someone is facing those challenges, obviously with COVID, mm-hmm. to apply those? Because you mentioned something about historic experience and resources Mm-hmm. If if there was like a, I'm not going to use the word golden nugget because Hesam's already <laughs> given me evil eyes. If if you had to explain, okay, someone hasn't got zero resilience. It's the first time uh, COVID's happened mm-hmm. and they feel like they're at the bottom of their ropes. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What would be your advice to unpick it and almost like dust themselves off and get, mm-hmm. you know, get going again? Mm-hmm. So what I would always suggest is that it's important to try and accept the challenge or accept and acknowledge it because sometimes people try to to resist, put their heads in the sand, trying to pretend that actually we're not in the middle of a pandemic, we're not facing a crisis and literally just stay indoors, don't want to talk about it, don't want to you know watch the news, it doesn't exist. That in itself is going to heighten your anxiety. It's going to prevent you from from building your resilience muscles. It's just like when you go to the gym, you know, you start working out, maybe start out with, depending on your gender and, you know, your capacities, capabilities, you start out with five kilos, 10 kilos, and the more, more weights that you do, the easier that it becomes. So it's about embracing the challenge, looking at what resources you do have, thinking about historical times when you have faced adversity and considering what strategies can you use, because we've all got resources, we've all got to look internally and think about what's helped us in the past. Think about self-efficacy. Think about, you know, our support network as well, because we can learn a lot from one another. And just from having a strong support network and social connections, that can help to build your resilience. And then also embracing uncertainty, if we think about the pandemic for, you know, over the past year, uncertainty has just plagued us. That has become the norm. But if you try to resist that, that's going to prevent you from being resilient and it's going to increase your anxiety because you're constantly looking for certainty. But the reality is it doesn't exist. So let me ask you a question, because uh, to me, that's very interesting. I've had conversation with people and they say, well, look, 
I want to avoid the news and I want to mm-hmm. avoid um, all the negative is, is being portrayed. The negative is the wrong word, but, you know, just, just the mm-hmm. energy. Yeah. And I want to be positive. Are you saying that's slightly unhealthy and you have to actually say, well, look, it's out there and mm-hmm. let me accept it? Mm-hmm. Or is that a, it's just a different method of not wanting through going through acceptance phase? I would say it's not one approach fits all. It depends on the individual. So at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, just over a year ago, I, I would say some individuals that I would work, was working with who were very anxious would be avoiding. So avoidance is a key characteristic of anxiety. But what that does is it actually increases anxiety in the long term. So it's about learning to tolerate the anxiety and tolerate the uncertainty. So I can understand why some individuals would want to limit their exposure to the news. But if you, if it's excessive, then actually when you do come to, to watching the news, it's likely that you'll be overwhelmed because you, you're kept out of the loop. And it's important to understand what is the function of that behaviour? What is the function of um, of the avoidance? So it's multifaceted. So I can't give... Yeah, there's not one clear response. But if I was working with someone on a one-to-one basis and if they were struggling with anxiety, then for that individual, I would be suggesting not to avoid because that would be maintaining and perpetuating the anxiety. Uh, See, this is is why, for me, talking about a topic like this is very interesting because it's it's a view that I've got that I think it's good or bad. And there's, there's your expect view, which is, just making me think differently about have I been uh, avoiding it and, and I'll give you an example and, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll, I'll um I'll bring her something to this because it'd be interesting to see if he's got different views mm-hmm. so for me I won't say the coping mechanism but let's let's go with the word of coping mechanism for me I took a moment and I said to myself okay there's a pandemic going on there's a there's a lockdown going on I can't socialize you know I wanted to go out there and go to events you know, mm-hmm. uh, there was a play delayed. You know, the, my book publication was going to be delayed and pushed back, mm-hmm. and that really got me down. Mm. But then I, I don't know how, and this is probably a question you can probably try to unpick my brain. Is I went through a phase where I said I can look at life in that way and say how I'm unlucky I am and how bad it is, mm-hmm. or I can at the same time put a different filter on and say be grateful for what i do have so you know my mm-hmm. mom and dad still here you know i am i still have a job a lot of jobs are affected you know i mm-hmm. have got a roof over my head mm-hmm. um i'm lucky that i can work from home mm-hmm. so i looked at it that way and that allowed me to cope with it and say mm-hmm. i'm grateful rather than say oh excuse my language oh shit it's just it's really bad and i'm not saying mm-hmm. it's not bad mm-hmm. but that was yes. my so is that, from your perspective, is that, I guess I want to know, is that healthy? Is that, is that oh, how I should yes. be doing it? It is, definitely. Everything that you've shared is kind of an example or kind of characteristic of a resilient mindset. It's a mindset that, that kind of looks for opportunities in the midst of adversity rather than solely focusing on threats. So an optimistic mindset and a growth mindset. And, you know, all the research shows that there's a strong correlation between gratitude and resilience as well. So everything that, you, that you've shared will have contributed to your, you know, maintaining your resilience during the during COVID. So that's, no, that's fantastic. So my head's gone slightly bigger than it was because Martina's <laughs> a very resilient head. Yeah, yeah. Can we, yeah. 
It's too late now. Thank you, Martina, for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to deal with this day to day now. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on, let me let me just uh, compose myself. No, I'm only messing. Um, okay, for me that that's very interesting. If someone else was sitting here right now, their question would be, okay, great, that you know, Hamid, you can do this and, and mm-hmm. look at life from that perspective. Mm-hmm. How can they apply that? Is there a method that someone else, person X, not Hamid, mm-hmm. can use the exact same thought process and my crazy way of thinking and say, you know, I want to, this is how I'm going to look at it. Because I've spoken to people mm-hmm. and I'm giving them my view, but they can't comprehend is the wrong word. They can't relate to it. And is that, mm-hmm. how can they? How can mm-hmm. I just, done what i just done, but tell them, apply this and it'll work for you. Mm-hmm. I guess initially what we need to kind of acknowledge is that we've all got different personality types that will have an impact upon how we perceive situations, upon how we deal with with adversity. Also, we've all got different resources, you know, environmental factors, psychological factors, biological factors, physiological factors, all of those contribute to someone's ability to be resilient they're part of the ingredients so it, it's not um there's not like kind of one simplified approach so, so what i would be suggesting initially is that it's about knowing yourself you've got to locate yourself you've got to understand what is the current mindset that you're having are there any self-limiting beliefs that you're experiencing which are preventing you from building resilience i always like to quantify emotions quantify thoughts and and beliefs because that kind of helps us to understand where we are and where we need to get to so I would be asking someone initially just to you know if someone is kind of struggling encouraging them to start journaling that will help with building emotional intelligence building emotional awareness and helping helping an individual to understand themselves because to build resilience you've got to understand where you are and where you want to get to and it is it's a journey it's a process. If you just think, think about, you know, a sat nav, if you want to get from A to, a to B, you've mm. got to type in the destination. Along the journey, there might be some, you know, diversions. There might be some some roadworks. There can be a lot of obstacles on that path, but it's about how you navigate through them. But you've got to set that time aside to understand yourself, understand what are the barriers, what are the blockages to someone, you know, developing that resilient and optimistic mindset. And that takes time. And also it takes a willingness and ability to, I guess, to kind of take a bit of a a risk. Because sometimes, from my experience, when I work with individuals on a one-to-one basis, they struggle with kind of doing the kind of take-home tasks or the homework, which at the early stages of therapy is journaling or uh, monitoring diaries, because sometimes when we confront ourselves, confront our thoughts, our beliefs, it can be quite um, quite distressing simply because some individuals don't feel equipped to deal with those thoughts and with the emotional consequences of them as well. So the first stage is ultimately understanding yourself and understand what are the barriers and the blockages and then looking at a range of strategies which can be used and I'll share about them later on um, in terms of the, the you know the, the rivers to resilience which can help to boost resilience and grit. Yeah I think it comes back to the analogy which you said at the start um, which I might steal and use it. <laughs> time. Um, I'll use it before this comes out so it'd be like my 
my analogy, then people. <laughs> By the way, this is Hessel. I'll get there before. Watching. Oh, is it? Right? <laughs> Just I'll get to there before you. <laughs> uh, the elastic bands, because like you know, yes. no two elastic bands snap at the same point. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a bit like that. You yes. can train an elastic band to keep stretching more and more, mm-hmm. um, slowly and slowly. But if you get two elastic bands, they will snap at different points. Mm-hmm. So the mind is a bit like that. Yes. Um, but, but the more you train, when there are things like a pandemic, and God mm-hmm. forbid, if some like a worse pandemic happens, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be ready for it. Yes. Um, so it's it's about training your elastic bands. I could just see yeah. people grabbing elastic bands and going, okay, <laughs> so now I'm, I'm resilient. Please, whatever you do, don't skip to this, this section of the podcast. And then advice is, the method for resilience is to train your elastic band. And someone's going, what the hell's going on here? Um, okay, I think, I think for me, and I'll come to Esam in one second about your experience of a pandemic and how you, know, you dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'll let Esam go first because for me what i want to unpick after hesam's given experience and obviously martina is how do someone you know what martina you mentioned is, is a long journey how do someone start reflecting and getting to know their internal thought process mm-hmm. so before we do that i'm gonna throw it hesam's way and you can't yeah. use the elastic man al- analogy so please don't start with that <laughs> the same question i you know i thought is how did you deal or didn't with the pandemic you know when it when it hit so is that for myself, sorry, or... No, Hesam's going to Hesam's Hesam. gonna go first. Right, yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Put him on the spot. I know. Um, sorry, Sam. I mean, Hesam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think like most people, at first, we were all sort of caught off guard um, and thinking this is not going to like affect us that long. And as soon as we saw it being a long-term sort of thing, our behaviours, well, my behaviours, changed slowly. Um, so the things which I couldn't do before, I sort of tried to do it virtually or I tried to learn different stuff as well at the same time. That is, I think, how I dealt with it is because I think in my head it gave me free time to learn new stuff because hmm. um, usually we're always too busy, so it's not stuck in traffic, not being late or going out as much. So um, so you you found the time to learn how to stretch you're my last I learned how to no it's like you know it I think I spoke to a few people it's it gave them time to reflect as in where they want to go in life um I know it's been a long year <laughs> yeah. for a lot of people but it's also like I've I've learned a lot of things uh, read books which I don't think if you've read before <laughs> <laughs> before the pandemic I never read a book um no I don't think I would have done those things um in life if the pandemic wasn't here and I always look back if this was 1917, you know, I'm glad I've got technology and I was born in the right era, per se, uh, Generation Z, being young. But if there was no technology, I, th- I don't know how how life would have been like. Um, talking virtually or working virtually. Um, can you imagine if you can't order Tesco's and you have to physically go there? You're 100% right. So that was your way of looking at it. And I think what I want to do now, obviously for, for Martina, is to and and we talked about it very briefly. You mentioned it's a journey, and you got a and it's funny. As I mentioned, he he done a bit of reflecting, and and his his colleagues and friends. 
So, Martina, for the, you know, I was going to say users, I don't know why, for the guests <laughs> and audience out there, mm-hmm. a lot of them have gone through this. A lot of them are probably still going through this, you know, including ourselves. You know, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not separate than ourselves. What would be, and I don't know if this leads to the seven rivers mm-hmm. of resilience, but what would be the starting point? So if I want to embark on that journey to have a different mindset or build resilience, mm-hmm. what is the first thing I need to do? And you mentioned, you know, reflecting. Mm-hmm. And some people, like for me, I know exactly what that means because I've mm-hmm. done it. Mm-hmm. But I know I've spoken to someone else and it's easier said and said than done. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm hoping this is where your expertise of the, you know, the seven rivers comes in. Yes. And that is essentially the first river. It kind of links to the first river. So in terms of the rivers to resilience, the first one is looking at emotional regulation. So being able to understand yourself, understand yourself emotionally and setting time aside to reflect on that, to reflect on where you are and to understand whether there's kind of fluctuations and changes in how you're feeling and in your emotions and whether they're having an impact on your ability to be resilient. Because if you don't understand where you are, it's difficult to build those resilience muscles. So if you don't know where you are, for example, on a scale of naught to 10, then you won't know what strategies or tools or resources you'll need to use to build those resilience muscles. So one way that you can do that is through, as I shared earlier, is through journaling. There's lots of different apps that you can use or tools which can facilitate that process. Or you can just use, you know, a piece of paper or buy a fancy journal, fancy book. That's, you know, a bit of a trend now. Just depends on how you are as an individual. Mm. And the way to kind of reflect is just setting time aside each day. It might just be to start off with 10 or 20 minutes and just jotting down your thoughts about the day and connecting with yourself, you know, being able to record, well, what, you know, how are you feeling at the moment? What's the primary emotion? Are you feeling happy? Sad? Is there a sense of achievement? Or are you maybe feeling a bit fed up and quantifying that on a scale of 0 to 10 or 0 to 100? And then thinking about what factors have contributed towards that? Are there different stresses at work or at home? Is there maybe anything, you know, in your environment that's contributing towards that? So it is important to understand your individual, personal and unique triggers to emotional changes and fluctuations because when you understand them then you're able to make adjustments and to use different proven strategies that will help to regulate those emotions and also to help to build your build your resilience essentially so that that is the first river to resilience so emotional regulation i'm going to just Pause is the wrong word. I'm just going to... Why are you laughing? You've got your hand in the air like people can see. <laughs> he's going, I'm going to, and I'm going, nobody can see your hand. Okay. That's good for me to know, though. He's thinking, he's in deep I'm, thought. Something I've literally... said is, has resonated with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's on. what it means to me. <laughs> so that's river number one. Um, yes. Or the first stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I stopped right because I know that was... Yeah, it was quite. Martina um, knew in I had depth. my hand up. Am I yeah. thinking? No, you're you're hundred percent right. And and the and the reason I the reason I pause and I was thinking is I've subconsciously there's been times um, where because what you're saying is almost like put your emotions into quantify your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, put into yeah. put it into something that you can physically see. Mm-hmm. So I'll make a a reference. A few years ago, I wanted to change jobs and. I wanted to make sure if it's the right reason for changing jobs. 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I'd thought in my head the, the pros and the cons, and it got to the stage where I was like, okay, let me just write it down so I can visually see good and bad. And it wasn't about money or or etc. It was simply about the the feelings. You know, it's a, it's a good team. You know, good manager, etc. 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 In my head, I could physically see my inner thoughts front of me, so he allowed mm-hmm. me to logically think it through. And I get a sense that's and correct me if I'm wrong, I get a sense that's what you're, you're saying. It's almost like you put in your emotions on, a, on front of you into a piece of mm-hmm. paper or a, or a fancy journal mm-hmm. and you get to physically see, okay, this is my feelings, my emotions, this is how bad or how good they are. Mm-hmm. And I can vouch for that you know, stream, river number one, that mm-hmm. that works. Mm-hmm. Since then, every time I want to make a, a decision or I want to just think or I want to you know reflect I literally do a pro and a con on a piece of paper mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I can then physically see my my inner, inner emotions okay perfect mm-hmm. so that's river number one mm-hmm. what's number two so number two is looking at it's, it's a bit fancy cognitive regulation or training which is essentially looking at ways that you can change your mindset so one once there's lots of strategies, but I'll just go through them briefly. One of one way of doing that is through using an approach which is called mindfulness, which is being present and letting go of thoughts that may be contributing towards you worrying. So it's just about being in the present moment, engaging all of your all of your senses in the present moment and tuning out all of those distractions and taking a non-judgmental stance, all the research shows that mindfulness is really effective in bolstering, boosting resilience, reducing stress, helping with concentration as well. And who knows that, you know, we all need that in the middle of this this pandemic and crisis. Also, other ways to, yeah, to kind of enhance that cognitive regulation or cognitive training is looking at reframing or restructuring some of the unhelpful or self-limiting thoughts that someone might be experiencing, because all of that will be contributing towards someone having low levels of emotional resilience, ultimately. So that's the yeah cognitive regulation and training. The next one is looking at ways that you can kind of manage stress, because high levels of stress are linked with high levels of resilience. So looking at reducing stress can help someone to to be more resilient to bounce back so ways that people can do that is a really practical approach but very extremely effective is problem solving that can really help to enhance someone's performance it can help with clarity and i think you um hammered you kind of alluded to that earlier as well when you were referring to um, you know changing jobs and the the process that you that you went through yeah. Also, relaxation strategies. There's one which is called progressive muscle relaxation. That can just help to alleviate and reduce all of the tension that someone might be experiencing as a consequence or result of um, stress. So, yeah, so there's some of the strategies that kind of link around stress management. And also, when you use some of these, all the research shows that when you use some of these approaches, it reduces certain chemicals that are linked with stress so for example cortisol so all these strategies are all scientific proven evidence-based strategies that lead to neuroplasticity so i'm not these are not just you know my own strategies they're all based on evidence and science and it's important that they use consistently as well in order for that change to be long term 
So they're just the first three rivers to resilience. So emotional regulation, cognitive regulation and training. And then the third one is stress management strategies. Okay. Martina is pausing again because she knows. I, got my I am. There's a lot. <laughs> there was a few And it, we've there, got I... to process all of it. The, 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 there is a lot. And that's why we run, you know, a day's course because it's not just actually explaining what they are t- takes a lot of time. And t- I guess explaining it in an accessible and user kind of friendly way. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I think what we want to do for this conversation with yourself is to make audience realise there is a method to start your journey from wherever you are or however you know advanced i'm not gonna say advanced but wherever you are in your journey to mm-hmm. whatever you want to get to um because even you know if someone you know if if someone said to me oh yeah i have a i'm resilient and etc i'm still the stuff that you're saying i'm actually making a note um mm-hmm. and i'm gonna listen back to this Okay, Hesom's making a note. He's just making a face. Okay, we making a note. Sorry, let me just let me. I'm let just me. looking. At it. Going the comp- the laptop is in front of me. Okay, sorry. Hesom is making a note. We 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 right. the role okay. we. Um, <laughs> don't call me out in front of Martina for God's sake. Uh, so I think I love the fo- the the word you mentioned reframing because I we had a different guest and she mentioned the same uh, concept that you can. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you can. Uh, I think she mentioned rephrasing words. So the mm-hmm. way you apply words could have a huge impact of how your mind reacts to it. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of one of the aspects of cognitive... Yes, cognitive behavior therapy. Behavior is mentioned. So yes, that's so that's perfect because I know, I know that kind of what it is. And you're mm-hmm. 100% right with this reducing stress. And again, I'll come to an example and Hesam does it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to go... Um, we used to go to gym on a regular basis. Um mm-hmm. Gym kind of closed, and even when they were open, we we stopped going just to be on the safe side with mum and dad. Mm-hmm. I somehow, as much as I hate running, I somehow started to enjoy going for a run in the cold mm-hmm. weather if it was raining, and I think that was my way of you know the four hormones that they say is good for you. I can't remember what they are. You just mentioned one of them. Obviously, one of them is endorphins as well. Mm-hmm. So yes, I think that was yeah. my way to find my. Yes. Alone time sounds a bit weird, but find my time. It does not sound a bit weird. Not, it doesn't sound weird at all. We all need that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe sound, it sounds weird, maybe coming from a male, from a cat. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's... As, yeah. I, as I just said it, I just had to clarify. Yeah, I just mean, you know, where you just feel like you're on your little bubble, you know. Um, so for me, that became running. For for Hesam, you know, he, he goes for a walk two, three times every day. Um, and I think... It's finding ways to... Well, first of all, identifying you are stressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to tend I know this because Martin's an expert, but I'm just giving my personal perspective. It's realizing you are stressed, but then finding a way or an alternative way to release the stress. Reduce. Reduce the stress. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I know that. Uh, I, I don't know why Hessens put Sudoku. Is that what works for you? No, problem solving. Sudoku. Yeah, you're 100% right, but I, I don't know if that's... It could work. Uh, you, you never know. Um... Okay, so that's three. Do you want to give us, yes, to give yes. us number four? So the next one fantastically just ties in with what you've shared and it's looking at our physical health. So ensuring that we've got positive physical health and lifestyle habits. So it's looking at, you know, your exercise, being active and personalising it, understanding what works for you and tying it in with your values. What is important to you? If you don't like going to the gym, if you don't like walking, then don't do that. 
if it's that you like doing group classes, group exercises, maybe having a dance or just, you know, cleaning your house maybe or doing something with the kids, doing that, but just ensuring that the physical health, having a physical healthy lifestyle and habits that they're kind of incorporated into your daily life because there, there is a close connection between our physical health, emotional health and mental health. They're all interconnected. So being active will ensure, as you, as you shared earlier, that, you know, there's opportunities for those endorphins to be to be released. There's opportunities for dopamine to re be released. There's, you know, that sense of achievement, which is so important. All of those happy hormones as well um, will be released when you're very active. Also ensuring that you're, you've got a good sleep routine, that you're getting enough sleep, so you're energised. Because if you're not getting enough, enough sleep, you're not going to be able to be resilient. It, it will affect your cognitive abilities, your decision-making, your problem-solving, the way that you process information. All of that will be impacted. And then your diet and nutrition. So this river is kind of looking more at the kind of your behaviours, really, your behavioural aspects that contribute towards resilience and looking at the impact that that has on you physiologically as well. So sleep, exercise, diet and nutrition and prioritising that. And I know for me, in the midst of COVID, I used to go to the gym. So when they closed, it was, you know, it was really distressing and just actually having somewhere else to go because of all of the restrictions. So I just had to adapt and I was like, okay, well, what I'm going to do is just go for, for regular walks. And, and that has been my go-to. And that has been what, well, yeah, that, that has really contributed towards me coping during this pandemic and, you know, discovering lovely parks and walks and woods in my local area and also being more attentive to my nutrition as well. And I think the pandemic is a great opportunity to do that. I'm just trying to process that because you know you're you're 100 percent right um i've realized healthy body is a healthy mind mm -hmm. um it's a saying from episode seven of the last season of the podcast okay i don't know why you stole my line i was just gonna say the exact same thing <laughs> but i wasn't gonna look at the episode so i was just gonna you know like, no because so. it's funny we talked about this with um personal trainers personal trainers and nutritionists um mm -hmm. and they have a obviously their own approach um yeah to make sure that you stay active during lockdown. Mm -hmm. But I think f for me, there was one interesting factor in there. Um, you mentioned if you don't like exercise, um, then, you know, find what you like. I'm mm -hmm. um, someone that I know. Um, I'm like, look, you know, um, I don't know, do a, do a 10 minute hit session or, you know, do, do, mm -hmm. do some sort of exercise. And then their response was like, look, I don't actually enjoy, like I enjoy walking, but I don't enjoy exercise. Like, you know, like you do. Mm -hmm. Um, my advice was, well, just trying to break the cycle, do something different. What, what was interesting from what you just mentioned is the person loves tidying up, uh, cleaning up and, right. you know, so I think what I've just realized is that's their go-to method. And mm -hmm. I'm not been pushing, but I shouldn't be saying, oh, by the way, trying to break it and go for a, you know, go exercise or hit session. Because mm -hmm. their bubble me moment is actually completely something else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What you should do is make more mess for that person so they have <laughs> more things to clean up. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, I think you're right. So I'm doing them a favor yeah. mm -hmm. if I just 
go and make more me- mess and and then they yeah see that's that's me that's being helpful <laughs> yes just, just, yeah. just, just looking out that's a good uh, and interesting way of looking at it <laughs> yeah slightly slightly concerning that's that's you know what of please if anyone's listening we're not actually advising this you know so stop don't be a horrible people and, and do that that's just hesam and just to clarify that was hesam advising that not hamid for right. anyone who's, who's who's unsure um okay so that was number four number four yes what's number five number five the, the fifth river to resilience is focusing on social connections and support and spirituality so this is is critical and and key all the research shows that you know, when we people that have got a strong social network and support system are more resilient because you're able to learn from one another. We can learn. Individuals can model resilience. So, you know, maybe from your kind of family members, even friends, just from having, you know, chats and conversations that can help to build and bolster your resilience. It helps to reduce isolation and having those strong relationships also helps to meet that need for connecting with people and a chemical called oxytocin is released. You know, when we experience that sense of um, closeness with others and that's important to resilience. And I know that because of the pandemic, it's been a lot more difficult because of the restrictions, but it's about trying to think outside of the box and consider how can you build a strong support network and whether you've got to do that virtually, you know, through having video um, calls or chats or having you know safe socially distanced walks so that's the kind of social connections and support um, side of things and then also spirituality as well all the research shows that you know if you do have if you're a spiritual person or even if you've maybe got a particular you know religion that that can help to bolster your resilience because it, there's also that sense of community and and shared values as well and also having that you know having a, a particular focus and understanding of adversity as well from a kind of spiritual perspective that can help you to navigate through it and also, you know, if you've got particular beliefs, maybe about adversity and the impact of them and ha- what that means for you as an individual, having maybe, you know, a faith or spiritual belief or spiritual practices, all of that can help you to kind of successfully navigate through it. Whereas if you may be lacking in that area or it's something that maybe isn't a priority for you, it can be slightly more difficult or challenging. But all of it ha- depends upon the other rivers to resilience as well, because they all interact with each other as well. So if you may be weak in one area, that doesn't matter. But so long as you've got at least, so long as you're kind of strong in at least three of the areas. Yes, that's actually a good one. Um, Strong family support and Mm -hmm. people around you, it's vital in every sort of um, moment in people's lives, I think. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think I've been like, I've always had good people around me. Thanks. Okay. Oh, I, <laughs> this oh, is awkward. This uh, is someone awkward. said thanks. I uh, thought he was talking about his, his brother, but clearly he wasn't. <laughs> Thank you for all the people who are around me. No, it's it's it's. I think it's good to, and it's always nice. I think people should check in more. Um, mm-hmm. They shouldn't be afraid to reach out to friends or even family members at times like this. Mm-hmm. So that's river. That's number five. Number, that's number five, five. Yes. Number yeah. five. I think just to add to that. Like, for example, yesterday, I just, I said to myself, I put a note on, on my to-do list, just simply drop a text to some people that I haven't spoken to for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I was surprised how long, how far it goes, or how how much it's appreciated. For me, I just wanted to. I literally dropped any, you know, a text or a mm-hmm. WhatsApp and say, "Hey, you know, uh, been a while. I hope you're okay. Uh, just checking in." And sometimes it's nice when there's no other, you know, in intention behind it. Just looking at that. Maybe I'm just reading too much into it, but I feel a bit guilty sometimes. You drop a a text or a conversation with someone when you're in need of, uh, you know, advice favor yeah mm-hmm. but but what i've also realized uh there are moments where you simply say i hope you're okay or mm-hmm. you know i i i dropped a, an email to a friend of mine and i just say it's been a while i hope you're okay without going to details you know she mentioned she was struggling with a uh i think called a late grief um mm-hmm. she lost her sister and then i think she never um grieved properly and i just right. said look you know where i am and she was like honestly it, it means a lot and it's it's stuff like this that you it makes you realize there are more things there there are bigger things in the world that are important than I don't know like the the nine to five work mm-hmm. or your Netflix or your YouTube or I'm not having a rant by the way as I'm just you know looking at me you know or your <laughs> Instagram or your Twitter I'm not saying yeah. don't go any of those but also take a moment and be there for the people that might not be putting a hand up and saying hey I'm in need of help mm-hmm. help so i think that is 100 percent crucial mm-hmm. um and hesam you're welcome for you know saying that what i feel bad for is you said you've texted a few people so the people you haven't texted and they listen to this they'll be like <laughs> oh okay thanks <laughs> so you need to make sure that you text everyone because there could be people listening um editor can we just take that <laughs> take, take that bit out um, so i'll just i'll we'll just go from yeah yeah uh, great so that was number five yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Gr- great that's so some good point <laughs> so the sixth of it resilience is looking at fostering a growth mindset and having i guess positive expectations in situations so having a mindset that that acknowledges and believes that you can learn during challenges and adversity and also a mindset that views setbacks or perceived failures as opportunities for growth. Because if you've got more of a fixed mindset, it's more difficult for you to, to grow and to develop and to learn during adversity because you don't believe that that actually you know, that, that's possible or that it's plausible. And also having a positive expectation and strengthening those kind of pathways in the brain those positive pathways, which will also lead to you achieving more and accomplishing more. So that's the sixth river to resilience. Okay. Should I move on to the next one? Or Well, this is, we've been deliberating. Is that the right word? Debating. Deliberating. Let's call it deliberating. Mm-hmm. That, sounds, that sounds cooler. For the audiences, if they want to know the final and the most important <laughs> uh, river, river, <laughs> what you should do is go check out Martina's podcast, but also purchase a book because that explains the seventh and the mm-hmm. most important uh, river stream for building resilience. Boom. That's marketing for you there, people. That's how <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tempted. I think just for the audience, me and Hesam, we're going to know what that is because we're going to stop recording and we're going to ask Martina. But for for everyone else out there, if you want to know what the seventh one is, go check out Martina's podcast. We'll put a link on our platform. Actually, we you know when my, me and Martina spoke, we might put this episode on both of our podcasts. So if you see it, you can then 
go to the episodes prior where Martin explains each stream in details and also there's a mm-hmm. book I will put a link to that as well I am genuinely tempted to not let Martina say the seventh one so audience do reach out to you directly and find out what that is is that okay with you Martina yes no that's fine that's fine okay. yeah it's like you get a free trial of a software yeah. and then you to purchase it to get the final <laughs> pro packages you need to you need to do something yeah and usually you go to the guy you know a person who's got illegal downloads and then they, they download it for you um so um i genuinely and, and to be fair it's been fascinating listening to you martino on the six rivers but the seventh rivers you know will eventually be be out there um mm-hmm. and, and and your journey and, and the importance of you know, from emotional to cognitive to problem solving to physical and having, you know, family, spiritual around you. It's mm-hmm. huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing I've taken away from today's episode or our conversation is no matter where you are in your journey of knowing your own thought process and your own um, resilience and where you are, if you apply these methods, and these are proven scientific methods that, you know, Martinez mentioned, it will give you the tool set to realize what you need to do to shape yourself and to be in a better mindset and, and have a better coping mechanism going forward. But also make you understand more, I feel like personally, p- people that are around you and what they are in need of advice. So in my head, and now I get, I'm better equipped when I speak to someone and I realize, oh, by the way, they need to do you know, the step two, three, four, or one, two, three, to get mm-hmm. where they need to where they need to get to and i think it's, it's sequential which is beautiful what you've got there mm-hmm. if there was um i probably want to do a, a circle conversation and um, we'll let martina go first because she's a guest martina i think what we want to do is before we wrap any episodes we do a you know what be your tip final tip or golden nugget mm-hmm. no no final tip as in advice. What your, yeah what be your advice for the audience out there um obviously you've covered uh, great details about mental health and resilience but if there was the starting one that you want to tell people what would that be i guess i would say that um you know don't be afraid to build resilience and um you know there is um regardless of how low you may be feeling or wherever you might be in life that you know there there is always hope that's what i'd kind of like to leave because sometimes people feel that they can't build resilience because they can't see beyond where they are but resilience can be built it's a skill that can be learned that's what i yeah that's what i'd leave Hassan? from listening to today's episode myself i think even if you think you've got good resilience there's always other techniques that you can improve um like when you both said writing stuff down as in things you want to do or things which you have done uh journalism was that the word that journaling the word? yeah Journaling. Journaling. Journaling, yeah. Yeah, it's the PR people. Yeah, I got it. Uh, (laughs) And it's funny you say that. It's because I think a few years ago, someone bought a birthday present, which is like the everyday where you write for your five years what you've done, like one uh, happy moment of your life or something. And it's stuff like that, which I don't think I've ever thought about. Um, It's things like that which can improve your resilience. So there's always room Mm -hmm. for improvement. for, For improvement and to try new techniques out there uh, to improve yourself that's me and finally Hamid Miri oh thanks the stage is yours Um, (laughs) I think I just echo what you both said to be honest Um, I also feel like it's okay to 
be unsure. It's okay to have questions and concerns. Um, I think people are scared to talk about sometimes about feeling low and, and down. I say sometimes, all the time. Mm. <laughs> so recognize it's 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 an issue that we all have to deal with. You know, we're not born with heart of steel or mind of steel. Um, so, and, and as, as I'm said, and as Martina said, no matter where you are, and it's going to be it's going to be a long journey. Embrace it, embark it. It's going to be difficult, but if you stick at it, you know you will be better equipped going forward. And also, look out for others around you, is what I'd say. Lovely put there. How was that? Was that? That's that's a lovely put there. Okay. I think that's kind of what I want to end the episode. Um, mm-hmm. I want to give a big thank you to, for for Martina for joining us today. Um, it has been an absolute blast talking to you, not just about your journey, but about you know what it takes the the analogy of elastic band Heson was just reminding me (laughs) doing some weird hand movement um for people who want to reach out to martina we will put the links into the the episode from your website and obviously the the courses the the one day courses Mm -hmm. i know you do a a lot more than that so if they want to go check it out please do um we'll also put the link of your book which i know is on amazon and anything else that obviously martina you think is useful for the audiences out there Mm-hmm. I just want to give a big thank you for your time and I'm sure we can try and get you on another episode to talk about another aspect of your amazing career and what you've achieved and what you're doing out there for, for the people. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And it's been such a pleasure to be here with you both on the Three Musketeers podcast. And it's, yeah, this is what I, I love talking about, resilience, well-being. And I think, you know, we, we all just need to embrace it and talk about it even more because as you shared you know, we're, we're all kind of facing challenges day to day and we've just got to try and learn from, from one another as well. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I think on that note, we'll wrap it up and see, no, speak to the audience on the next episode. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Three Musketeers, hosted by Hamid and Hissam Amiri. Don't forget to share and follow. As more thought-provoking episodes with guests around the world will be appearing soon. See you soon.